What are your writing dreams? Finishing that book, quitting the day job, becoming a best-selling author? Well, over four years, we've studied the advice of over 300 best-selling authors who've collectively sold over half a billion books. And we are excited to announce the Best Seller Academy. If you're ready to take your writing to the next level with accountability, craft, and coaching, your bestseller dreams are now only a click away. To find out more and apply, visit bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. That's bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. Let's run the show. Hello, folks, and welcome to a very special episode of The Bestseller Experiment, a live show from Waterstones in Canterbury featuring some very special guests, the authors Rowan Coleman, Penilla Hughes, Nadine Matheson, and Julie Wasmer. After over 400 episodes, we wanted to see if being an author is a job for life, and we asked our authors to share their experiences, the ups and downs of being a writer in the 21st century. Now, as I said, this was a live show, so to set the scene for you, I was in Waterstones in person. Mr. D joined us via the miracle of the internet, projected onto a screen behind us, and we had a full house, a lively crowd. Now, we did have some issues with the sound to start with, so it might be a bit of a patchwork, but it should all be very pleasant to the ear in the end. A huge thanks to everyone who joined us in person or online and to our authors, the booksellers, our tech team, and to you, our wonderful listeners. So on with the show. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Yay! Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this very special live edition of the Bestseller Experiment, the podcast where we... I've got to forgotten it. After 400 episodes, you think I remember it. Something about writing books, something about inspiring people, something about good news and books and authors and, and doing wonderful stuff. Mr. D, can you hear me there out in Canada land? I can hear you in Canada land. Welcome, everyone. You have no idea how much aggro it was to get this to work without, without his voice bouncing all over the place. How are you, Mr. D, on this fine day? I'm doing great, and I just want to welcome everyone online. Yay. Everyone here has joined us from all around the world. Hello to everyone saying hello to us, and hello to everyone in the UK. Hello, online people. We won't Hi. forget you. So the way this is going to work, we're, we're going to break every now and then for questions from the online people. Mr. D is going to pass those over. But first of all, Let's introduce our authors. We've got some wonderful, wonderful authors here today. I want you all to give them a rapturous applause as they come on. So um, in alphabetical order, I think we'll do this. First of all, welcome, Rowan Coleman! And last but by no means least, our own Whitstable Pearl, Julie Rossman! Wonderful stuff. Now, one of the things we're going to be talking about today is 
is being an author a full-time job? Can we do this as a full-time job? Is there any, you know, what, what does the future hold? So we've got, some, we've got a lovely mix of authors here because we've got Julie, who wrote on EastEnders for 20 years and then wrote the fantastic uh, series, uh, the Whistable Pearl series, which has been hugely... Book eight now? Nine? Nine. Nine. Book nine. Yes, nine. Wow. Okay, Rowan, who's been writing again, how many years, Rowan? Uh, 20 years this year, Mark. 20 wow. years, wow. and she still hasn't fallen asleep at the wheel. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then we've got, you know, Nadine and Penilla. Penilla, you're on book three. Yeah. Nadine, you're on book two. Book two. Writing book three. Writing book yeah, three. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. So, you know, we've got newcomers. We've got a lovely mix. So... And I thought one of the first things we would address is how we make money as authors, because I think there's a great misconception that once we're an author, we all got that J.K. Rowling money and we're all immensely rich. Um, I'm not. No. I can say that for a start. But shall we talk about how advances work and 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 what it was like to get that advance for the first time. Rowan, do you remember your, your first advance? And was it, was it you know, Holidays to the Caribbean and all that kind of thing? Or, or what it, did you do with it? It was not Holidays to the Caribbean. Um, it was 2001. It was um, low five, well, medium five figures. And um, I was jolly chuffed, frankly, because I'd never thought I was, I mean, I was getting a book published. So um, <laughs> everything else didn't really factor in and I didn't actually when I first got my uh, contract and my offer I didn't understand how advances worked at all yeah. I just thought they'd give me the money and that would be it <laughs> yeah. um, but no you have to write the book so you, you get a little bit of money when you sign the contract and then you get another portion when you deliver the book and then another portion when it's published in paperback and then another portion when it's published in hardback so sometimes the an advance can stretch over four or five years if you're um you know if things don't go according to plan like for instance there's a pandemic or something <laughs> um and yeah and I was really very excited I know but not it's not paying off my mortgage but I did pay off my student loan right so Woo-hoo. that was good okay. <laughs> kind of Penilla, you're digital first that I'm works a bit first. differently yeah so my um publisher is one more chapter who are part of HarperCollins they were set up uh when ebooks really came out to push uh, to Sorry, to deliver ebooks, um, and so I don't know what it's like to have an advance because you don't get one with an ebook first. Generally, you there is no advance, but you get a different royalty system. So for the first ten thousand books, you get a certain percentage of what uh, your book uh, the bookseller doesn't take. So they'll take their cut, and then what's left, you then get a percentage of. And then over my over ten thousand copies, that then slides up. So you'll kind of get better cut quicker. Um, and obviously, if you have an agent, they'll take their slice as well. Uh, but you don't have a nice pot of money up front. But then also, you're not paying back in advance. So from that point of view, it's really, if you need money right now, then maybe that's not great for you. But if actually you're happy to um, have uh, a monthly uh, royalty, because we get um, a monthly um royalty which is also different from other publishers uh then this is actually maybe a a different way that is better for you um i would say that i have actually that was a lie i have had an advance because i've sold the book my new book to germany and there i got an advance and that was in three splits and that was signed a year ago and i haven't seen any of it because german paperwork says it's somewhere i just don't know where it is because you have to 
tell the tax man in Germany that you're not German and yeah. then you fill out a form. And because of COVID uh, and all sorts of other things, yes. I'm still waiting for mine to come back. Yeah, eight months. I've got, I've, I've got a waiting. Russian deal as well. I'm never going to see yeah, that. Yeah, you're not going to see You are not going to see that. Yeah, yeah, no. So, Nadine, where are you at this point in terms of advances and royalties and stuff like that? Are, are you rolling in it? Or are I you... wish I was rolling in it. I was just going to say, because you mentioned Russian, I got mine before... The whole Ukraine deal. Right. <laughs> and so I got my money. But no, it's like what you were saying. You don't get your money all at once. So when you get the publishing deal, and I went into an auction. So there were six publishers oh, bidding for Jigsaw Man, which was really good. Cool. Yeah. 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 It was fantastic. So, you know, you see all these, not overly silly figures, but you see these figures going back and forth. And then the auction finishes and they said, you sign with the publisher. But, to say you don't get the money straight away. Yeah. So you have to wait. So all those things you think about, I'm going to jack in my job, I'm going to buy a <laughs> and do all these things. It doesn't happen because you have to wait. So for me, because I, I like security, like I still kept on working mm-hmm. as a solicitor, but also teaching the law school as well. So, you know, you wait and wait and wait and wait. Then you get the first bit. But then as you said, you've got, a por- you've got to start portioning the money off. Some goes to your agent, so you get your invoice and some's already gone. Mm-hmm. You've got to portion some off to the tax man. And like you said, if you've got foreign deals, you've got to sign all the paperwork. So you're waiting for paperwork from HMRC who are rubbish. So they're going back and yeah. forth yeah. Um, with paperwork. So you don't get it all at once. But when you do get it, I was like, I bought a new laptop. And I did, yeah. <laughs> and I did go and see my parents in Aww. Grenada. I'm, like, I'm going straight away because yeah. it's there. But you don't get it all at once. And like my nieces and my godchildren, they, they just think you're rich because they see your books in Tesco's. And that's what you have to tell them, no, you're not rich. You're really not rich. If you, if you ever do a school event, one of the questions are, are you a millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be here if I was, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, what's it been like for you? You're nine books into a series now. Yeah. Um, so... What's that been? Because it's one of these things where you weren't, you didn't get a nine book deal, did you? You you get maybe three books to start with, and then you keep come, they keep coming back for more. Is that how it's worked for you? Yeah, well, you know, I, as you said, I, I come from a TV and film background, and um, in some respects, I was very spoiled because, of course, you know, it's very lucrative in the TV and film world compared to publishing. Um, and I'd worked on a series as well, EastEnders, for almost 20 years and worked on other series as well. But I returned to EastEnders because it was like family, you know, a whole group, 39 writers of us. And you could just choose, you know, when you wanted to do an episode or when you didn't want to. And, of course, with that, it's the same kind of setup. You know, you get um, some money to start your episodes and then money at the end. But with EastEnders too. And I'm just thinking back while I was listening to you, you know, because there was an omnibus edition, you would get 80% repeat Uh, fee for that too, which would come along afterwards. So I was thoroughly spoilt. Um, And then I had always wanted to write a book, wrote the first Whitstable Pearl uh, mystery. I'd always had an agent since I went professional, you know, writing TV in 1989. Um, and once I got the deal, I thought, well, this is fantastic. It's a three-book deal. So that means they can't get rid of me before the third <laughs> <laughs> But yet again, and, and what I'd done, without making it too much of a long story, but I, I thought that my ideal publisher for, for these crime novels was, was uh, Constable and Robinson. But sadly, Robinson died before we'd done the deal. And then I thought, well, it's all going to fall apart. 
But then they said, we're going to continue. But then they got sucked up by Little Brown. And then I didn't know whether they were going to go for the books. But they did. They honoured the deal. Um, but when it came to three years later, you know, once the third book came out, they offered me less of an advance, even though they're a big publishing company. Oh, okay. And the thing with that was I was thrilled to know that I could write three books um, and to have, you know, that real run at you know, attracting readers and getting them into your work. But I had to wait three years for each of those books, for all of those yeah. books to come out um, before I could see any money at all from sales. So if I hadn't been able to do anything else for money, I would have starved. So let, let's talk about that because that's royalties that you're talking yeah. about there. And you generally only get those royalties once you've earned out. And that means once you've made the publisher enough money to pay off your advance. And what they've done, certainly with me, and it sounds like they did with you, they have a thing called joint accounting which is if book one does fantastically and earns out, you don't get any money until book three has been published and that earns out. So you might have a huge bestseller, but until book three comes out, you're not mm. earning any money mm. back on that. So it is, you know, it is sporadic. It is a bit of a... Well, and the other thing, of course, is that we're getting modest advances too. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, my cousin's actually married to um, Barry Hearn, the sports supremo, who recently oh, yeah. bought out an autobiography and his son is Eddie Hearn, the boxing yeah. promoter. Well, they got, you know, they got a fortune. <laughs> a lot, yeah. But all of those famous people with their biographies, you know, they get a million pounds for their advance. They're never expected to pay that back. They're never going to earn it out in royalties. Well, they? They, I, I work for a publisher and I would see some of these crazy deals go through and they've got less crazy as time has gone on. You know, certainly when I was around in the early 2000s, it was the thing where the editor would go, this is what they want, this is what we have to do. And it happened in fiction as well. They say, you know, trust me, let's do this on a hunch. Uh, trust my instincts, this will, this will do well. And some did, some didn't. But what's happened in the last few years when I was at Orion is it became a lot more methodical, a lot more mathematical, where we would sit down at the acquisition stage and say, okay, what are we comparing this to? So we're doing Whitstable Pearl. What can we can what's similar out there in the market already? Let's look at how that sold over a period of years, where where it sold, like routes to market, what you know, does it sell better in waterstones, it sell better in supermarkets, what have you. And we would make an offer based on that. So the offers got lower, and a lot of the celebrity ones get lower as well. Because the thing with the big celebrity deals is you used to be able to earn that back from selling the serialization to the Sunday Mail or whatever. That doesn't really happen anymore. Mm. Used to sell those for hundreds of thousands of pounds, and there'd be a big supplement, kind of supplement with an extract. But that kind of stopped happening because people, fewer people, are reading newspapers, and it just doesn't have the same value. So that's that has, but the crazy deals mm. do still happen. Um, and talking about, we, we mentioned as well royalties, and Penella sort of touched on this. So for traditional publishing, so an author gets ten percent of every hardback sold, and that's off the price received. That means so if it is. £20 and Amazon are selling it for £10, they only get 10% of £10. Uh, on paperbacks, it's 7.5%. And on ebooks, it's generally 25%, apart from some of the digital first publishers where you're getting 50%. Right? Or over, over, yeah, sliding up. Yeah, yeah, after you've hit, I think 10 is usually the mark 10,000. But you were saying before about you know the advances. Do you not think that that's more sensible, that they're not quite so mad? Because if... I had so my first deal, had a two book deal. I got enormous uh, advance, and it hadn't sold out. Then going into a new contract, 
I could have bad track, really. And then if, if I was looking for a new agent or an agent and, at, at all, or they come to, back to look and say, well, is it worth giving Nella a new contract? Oh, she didn't actually earn it out on this. For whatever reasons, wouldn't necessarily, you know, anything can happen. There's so many things that have to align. Suddenly, I'm my, because I didn't earn out that advance, which could have been ludicrous in the first place because, I don't know, auction or something, yeah. then I'm the one that's bearing the bad track record. Absolutely. So is that not actually better? That yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we had a, a cracking episode of the podcast a few episodes ago with David Lee Stone, who in, I think it was in the 90s or early 2000s, he got deals with Disney, worldwide deals that came to about £900,000. So, you know, it was massive. But the book, he said the book tanked. I mean, it sold 100,000 copies. Which sounds like yeah, it's not, it's not going to wipe out a million pound advance. No, no. I wouldn't so, say no though. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's advances and royalties and how that works. Right. I just wanted to say about the, the advances. I mean, because I've been doing this for so long and it has been my full time job for for all of it thus far. Um, cross fingers. In the olden days, when your agent made an advance, they deliberately didn't want you to earn out. They wanted to make it big enough so that you, you know, that it would be really hard work for the publisher to to right. earn it out. And then the, the idea is that they would keep working on your books and keep working on your career and keep building you as an author. The downside of lower advances is that if your book doesn't sell, and um, then off you go. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know so it, like as you said it is is um for the for the author it's i don't actually think it's so great no and, and i think having no advance is, is not fun um and also because if they had invested in an advance then there's there's more incentive to for them to work on it isn't it because they want their money back you know it's, yeah. it's a you become um, a key title basically yeah, you yeah. Become, well, because when i left orion I basically the people left behind were doing the job of about three people and they're selling books right across the Hachette list, not just Orion anymore. So they're looking at those key titles, but anything below that is kind of sunk. Yeah. Know? So it's, it's really difficult to sell those. Um, I think we're going to check. So Mr. D, you're sitting there very patiently. Um, do we have any questions from the folks online? We certainly do, Mark. We certainly do. It's, this is a really interesting one, actually. Steve Gowland has asked, have any authors willing to share their magic figure? Oh, oh, oh. no. Zero. <laughs> 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 I've lost 22 pounds since March. Calorie <laughs> <laughs> control diet. Well done. Stop, stop, stop. I've cut the hot knobs out, basically. Well, I mean... Zero. Zero. Yeah. Zero. I won't share my magic. What I will tell you is that my first advance... Uh, in 2001 was slightly higher than the last advance I was contracted to in 2020. Wow. Mm. Wow. So really are going down, aren't they? Yep. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sharing my No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I can't remember. I think it was about 22 grand for the three Richard Woodville books. Mm. Um, and like I say, that's over three. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot of money. Um, and that's over three books. So I, I saw the last bit of that when Ghost of Ivy Barn was published last month. So that's all gone. I've spent it. 
So, and my first advance was Robot Overlords, which I shared with the film company. So we got twenty grand for that. So the film company got ten grand of that, and I got ten grand of that. Um, so you know, these it's it's handy. It's yeah. nice. It's not life changing. Uh, I actually got a bit more from the German deal. The German publishers paid a little bit more. Uh, but how many? Was, when you say you know twenty-two grand for the three books, how many years worth of work is that? Uh, it's about three about years. Yeah. Of book so then, yeah. you know, in that yeah. light, it, you know, that's yeah. not is it yeah. really? Yeah. But I was going to say you don't really know what a good when you're starting out. You don't know what a good number no. No. is unless you're dealing with. Someone saying, well, I'm going to give you a million pounds for your book. Then, you know, everyone's got that fantasy figure of what they'll do with a million pounds. But when you're starting out, and especially when I, I said when I was doing my course, the creative writing course back in 2016, we were being told that, you know, no one gets over five grand for a book. So in your head, you're mentally thinking, well, I'm not going to get a lot and I'll just have to carry on doing what I'm doing until I make it big somehow. Yeah. And I'll say that before I started writing the Whitsville Pearl Mysteries, I wrote a memoir for Harper Collins, mm. and I got £20,000 advance for that. Mm. But, which is considerably more than I've, I've got as an advance for, mm. for the crime novels, but the deal on that was so poor that even though it's still for sale now, and that was in 2010, I'd never earned a penny from the sales. Oh, wow. So I got I got money for the advance, but yeah. nothing from the sales. Yeah. And also I you, can't work yeah, you might get a, So you might get a really big advance from your UK publishers or your German publishers, but then you go and sell to, I don't know, Brazil. I think I sold to Brazil, and you get like a thousand yeah. if you're lucky, or a thousand euros if you sell to Spain. And Yeah, my Russia deal was 1,500 quid. Yeah, it's very Not low. Not seen a penny yeah. for some reason. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> Put it in the pie. I just, did, yeah, I just did a Turkish deal as well, and again, again, not much money. No, but you know, and then you got to convert it because the pound is so rubbish, and then yeah. you're like, well, well. But it is <laughs> nice. <laughs> it is nice very cream. nice to see your books lined up on the shelves. And oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I understand yeah. the word of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, like Greenwich. I only recognise that. The other thing is that with my agent, um, I'm still on. Just, I know a lot of writers are on fifteen percent that mm. they pay to their agents these days, but yes. because I've been with it for so long since 1989 um, the deal then was 10% so she only takes 10% but on foreign deals she takes more yes. because of that so you have that too that's 20% mm. yeah. Yeah. so for the negotiation I took a leaf out of Mr D's uh, book and tried to negotiate that down failed miserably <laughs> if I'd employed Mr D he would have done it it would have worked okay. um, any questions in the room sorry what you walk back in Hello, yes. Um, I do a bit of translation at Eno. I was wondering, from English to German, how long is your book? Uh, oh, oh. I don't, you know what, I don't know. Any, I never even saw the translations, and I, I never had any kind of conversation with the translator, but the German, German Instagram bloggers seem to like it. So, uh, I, I, I think mine's about the same. Yeah, yeah. Mine's, mine's much longer, page-wise. Yes, and everybody said that to me. My, my publisher at Little Brown said, when, you're, when your book gets published in German, it will be considerably larger, and it is. Oh, my Spanish one oh. looks slightly larger, so I've got a copy, I only got copies of that the other day. They look slightly larger than the English ones. But I haven't counted. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't checked, but mine looks the same. But she has, I've, I stalked her on Instagram and found her, the translator. <laughs> and we have lovely chats now. Um, <laughs> but she did say there's not as many, because 
I used the word wank puffin in the book. <laughs> <laughs> I There's said, no word for that. Well, I did say, you know, what is the German oh. word for that, please? And she said, actually, they make me take most of the swear words out in Germany. So it should be shorter. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you take the swear words out? Not you, but they, they, they tend to, Yeah, they reduce the swear words. How rude. Yeah. <laughs> take out your swear words. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think. So. Apparently I'm blocking the talent. Oh. What? <laughs> Move your figure that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, uh, any other questions? Well, hello. Sorry, uh, I was not really your impression, but you talked about coming back in advance. Is that a thing? Like, yeah, it's like um, <laughs> you have to earn it out. So if I gave you £10 um, for, say, your lovely short story, I would need to, and I sold it at 10p a copy. I would need to sell enough. This is why I realised that I failed my GCSE math. <laughs> I would need to sell enough in order to recoup the £10 before you started getting your 2p back in royalties. Okay, but I wouldn't need to necessarily give you any of the £10. I don't think... Only if you don't... No. Only, only if you don't you, deliver. Yeah, if you, if you oh, breach a contract. Yeah. Breach yeah. a contract or you yeah. fail to deliver um, like a really, you know, a publishable book. Yeah. It, it doesn't really happen much in fiction. It happens a lot with celebrity books yeah. where the celebrity suddenly realises they don't want to tell that story mm-hmm. and backs away out of the deal. And that, that has happened. Or you get this kind get it sometimes with true crime books where they realise, you know, they've you know libeled someone or whatever, and that gets very complicated as well. So um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mr. D, any more questions from the YouTubes? Certainly, absolutely. What we'd love to know here. For all the celebrations that you do when you get a book deal, what is the best celebration you've ever done? I flew to New York, but then I had had an absolute panic when I was there because I flew to New York with one of my best friends and we did the whole doing cocktails and going restaurants and doing shopping. And then one morning, my flight, they cancelled our flight, so we had to spend another day in New York. And then I was reading this article, came up on Twitter, clicked on it, and this woman came up saying... I spent my entire advance in New York and drinking cocktails and, <laughs> and now I'm broke. Like, now I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm lying in bed and I'm like, oh my God, what have I been doing for the past five minutes? And I honestly went into my point. I mean, I didn't spend it all, but you know, I'm reading this woman's story. And she's like, she's put all my, you know, cocktails and I didn't think and then you know, I had no money left. I had to deliver the books and I had to write. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What can I bring back? What can I bring back? But no. And my friend's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> She's like, you're going to be fine. So I had that little panic. But I think that was like the fun. That was the first fun thing. That I did with my bars, yeah. Who else? What other celebrations? I, I, um, I got a big advance for the Frontier Mysteries from the States. And that was exciting. And I did buy um a piece of jewelry i always buy a piece of jewelry per um oh. book deal and um, but i bought quite a big piece of jewelry that time <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't get an advance so no <laughs> um, but we did a little party at a waterstones in amersham uh Aww. last that was the last book um that was just you know cupcakes and fizz and um I think my husband's just turned 50, so his present is being funded by Germany if the money ever comes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that's exactly Julie, how did you celebrate your first day? Well, with alcohol, of course. Anyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that knows me. I did the, the poor woman's version of your, your story there. 
I decided to throw a party at the Neptune pub, the old Neptune oh, pub really? on the beach. Oh, and Darren, the landlord, allowed me, he said he would close for two or three hours. So it would be a private party. And we invited everybody uh, and we put some money behind the bar. And then he decided to keep going because we kept putting more money behind the bar. <laughs> and we just went on and on and on. And it got to 12 o'clock at night. My husband had gone home by that time. And <laughs> I left. I think I was the last person there. Darren gave me another large pinot for the evening. And I actually fell over on the way home <laughs> in, a, in a fur coat. I remember looking up. I was in Nelson Road looking up and, and recognising people looking out of their bedroom window. <laughs> woman in her late 60s rolling around on the floor and I thought well I'm well insulated because it was really <laughs> but I got home and my husband was in bed and I said I don't think this is what JK Rowling does <laughs> I think I've read about people like you in the Whitstable Facebook uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely okay well that's we talked about how we get money from publishers Let's talk about the other ways that we, we earn money as authors. I mean, there, there are things like the teaching or conferences or panels or retreats. Who's had any experience of that? Who's, here we go, Roman. I um, teach at retreats or lead retreats rather than teach at them often um, all over the place, um, in Yorkshire, in France, in London. Um, and I've always enjoyed doing that. I taught at Faber Academy for a good three or four years and guardian masterclasses. Um, and I think it's just a very good way to underpin your income as a writer. And also the, the really good thing about it is it kind of keeps you fresh because you're meeting other people and, you know, uh, and the, you're listening to their hopes and dreams and their aspirations and, and you're doing what you can to help them go on the way without telling them it's all hopeless. Um, <laughs> and so it gives you sort of renewed optimism in the joy of the process <laughs> and um, I love it yeah and I also um, mentor people uh, into it on an individual basis so for sort of 18 months and that's really that's really really uh, rewarding because you then get to see them kind of come to fruition and then go to agents and uh, more often than not get signed on the dotted line that's very rewarding nice. yeah. me um well something i mentioned i'm a solicitor so but i took a break from doing that but i still teach in the law school so i do that on a freelance basis so this time next week i'll be teaching um i call them the baby lawyers so i'll be doing that <laughs> so i do that on a freelance basis but this you're saying also i do um coaching for new writers and the best thing i had two of my one of my mentees and they signed um, with agents and they got their publishing deals one had their first book out yeah last year last month Thank which you. was brilliant so I'm doing that and as you said the, the events so doing all the Harrogates and Crime Fest you do your panel so you get your little your little pocket money <laughs> comes in from that so that's just yeah. how yeah. I'll keep it going because yeah. I think we all everyone wants security in this publishing world as much as we love it it's, I don't feel it's very secure no. so you no, know no. until I do get the JK Rowling money I'll still be teaching the baby lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> we need the baby books. We need yeah. the baby yeah. lawyers. Yeah, they're very important. Vanilla? I think really, no, I haven't been applying myself, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, we, the panel uh, I was on at the RNA, yeah. I had money from that that I could use against going to the RNA. So actually no monies that I have 
earned, but it I have pays had, for itself, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. had yeah, some yeah. back yeah. as well. Um, also, I kind of think I'm still new. I don't. I get a lot of imposter syndrome, and and and, and I don't necessarily feel that I have anything to teach yet. Or and no, I don't. I said, oh, sure? but no, but I have you know, new writer friends who. I am happy to have a chat with her for, on WhatsApp for an hour on, and mm. just impart the things I've learned. And I'm really thrilled to see some of them kind of coming through. And that's lovely. But I, I just don't have the confidence to think that I have something to teach for real money yet. But that's just me. So that's... Um, that doesn't stop me. No. And <laughs> <laughs> mine happened by, completely by accident with the coaching new writers because we're in the middle of lockdown and I got bored because I delivered my book and I had nothing really to do and then I think it was doing the whole um, Black Lives Matters and diversity and publishing thing was becoming more alive and I just put out on Twitter you know if any any new writers I'll mentor you for the one-off session or three months and that's how it all started fantastic yeah it's fantastic Julie yes well the only teaching that I've ever done was um I did a a a week's residential writing uh, course as a tutor at the Arvon Foundation um, and that was way out in the countryside for a whole group of people it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life because we never stopped you know in the evening you know we, we were there we had to cook supper so everybody would be talking about their own projects the whole time and then I'd be getting stuff at 10 or 11 o'clock at night and you feel this huge responsibility you know to come up with the goods for these people uh, but there was there was no break, so it was full on. I was hanging in rags by then, and also there was a bar there too. So. <laughs> so back in that problem again. <laughs> similarly, like with, with Penu, I, I mean, I I am asked sometimes, you know, to to teach, but I I can't do it either. I can't do it, and I don't know whether it's because um, I just don't feel I've been writing prose long enough. I you know. Uh, my Whitsville Pearl books only came out, first one in 2015. But even after writing TV and scripts and screenplays and what have you, like you have, I just feel I'm still learning so much and I just can't do it. But I, the other way of making money, of course, is I, I am asked to do a lot of talks, which is great because I never actually dry up. So there's always... <laughs> um, but then I didn't like to charge any local groups for talks at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, I just ask for a mini cab fare or what have you. These days, what I do is I do ask for a, a modest fee, whatever they can afford, and I give that to charity. Um, but I find it very difficult to to actually coach anyone. I, and I always just want to say, just write. Yeah. Don't <laughs> keep coming to me or anyone else for advice. Just write because you know you can get really stuck where you're just doing course after course and yeah. never getting any work yeah. done. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's a great excuse yeah, never to, never to write, mm. isn't it? Just say applications for the Academy. Uh, <laughs> time. <laughs> Still time to sign up. Uh, Mr D, any questions from the, the ether? We do. We have a fantastic question from Angela C. Nurse. Angela wants to know, what are the best publication day gifts you've had from your agents or publishers? Ooh. Can I just say, uh, up until recently, they always sent me booze. I stopped drinking when I was 15. <laughs> my wife loves it. Uh, I did say, I did, after it happened three times, I said, I don't drink. So, you know, it, it gets my wife drunk and that's fine. 
but I don't drink. So I got chocolate last time, and that's just after I went on a diet. I'm going to say Lego next time. <laughs> Digipublisher, well, my digital publisher, and I love them, and I will say I utterly adore the team. They don't give presents no. on publication date. So if you're in it for that, no. Um, my, I did have an agent when I started out, the lovely Federica, uh, has left, she has left agency, so I'm without an agent, but she did send me a bunch of flowers on my first publication day. So that's what I've had. I'm, flowers and booze, usually. You're oh. very, very welcome, flowers and booze. Thank you. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did get a lovely cushion with a um, picture of the Bronte Parsonage on it for the first oh. publication of the Bronte Mysteries, which is very nice and is on my um, Victorian sofa, which was the um, prop sofa that Emily Bronte died on in To Walk Invisible. Wow. Oh. Wow. Oh, I'm so proud of that sofa. It's had a, it's had a more successful career than me. <laughs> I've only been published twice now, so... I'm with only. only. Only, only, only. <laughs> but um, I'm with HQ, so they always give flowers. I always get flowers and chocolates. But then I get taken up. I got taken up for months. I'm good as long as you feed me. Like, mm. I can sack yeah. my flowers yes. if you feed me. Yeah. And also, do you get the parties, the annual parties, Christmas? So oh, so I'm with I'm in Harper Collins. So the yeah, Harper we have Collins the party, party. Yeah, the party, is... which is like the high point. Especially if you're with one of the smaller imprints like I am, that is the high point, and mm. is such a joy, and you make the most of it. Um, and it's actually an incentive to write because you can't go if you haven't had a book published that year. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to, and I do remember, I'm going to go, oh God, I've got to write because I won't be getting invited to the party. Um, but so that is that. But we also know that there's some imprints at HarperCollins who get a Christmas party yes, at the do. Ivy. <laughs> and so we are aware that not all imprints within the same family are treated the same. Um, so yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> yeah, I'm with HQ at HarperCollins. We had you, a very nice You are really quiet. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Yeah, we see you. <laughs> it was an amazing party. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Julie, any gifts? Well, I'm really worried now because... <laughs> Just thinking back, and I, I don't think I got any flowers or any booze at all for several years until we got the TV deal. And then I got a lovely bottle of champagne and flowers, and I just got flowers this time, but no champagne. And that's because I think they've heard about my drink problem. <laughs> <Just to help laughs> you. No, no parties. I've not been invited to a party. It's the drink. <laughs> yes, it is. Let's, like, you mentioned the TV deal there, and uh, Whistleblower Pulp's second series on its way. Amazing. Congrats on This is one of those things that it's, it's kind of, it's it's like getting the bonus ball in the lottery is TV mm. or film film rights money. Has it, um, the rights to my books are still available. <laughs> <laughs> All of them, even the one that started as a film. Um, <laughs> so, uh, has anyone had their stuff optioned? Uh, yeah, I've I've been I'm quite optioned. I'm quite highly optioned, <laughs> <laughs> but not yet. Um, what's the step? What is the stage after being optioned? Greenlit. 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 I've not yet greenlit. You're in development hell. Yeah. Yes. Right. I'm yeah. in development. You're in development. Not hell. I'm just in development. But it happened really quickly because I signed with my publishers in March 2019, and then it got optioned, and I signed. I think it was August 2019. So I've been in a very, very short space of time. And even that's a completely different 
I was going to swear. Um, it's a completely different head. It makes it your, your head because you, you know, you've already gone through this whole thing of, because um, I was in auction, meeting different publishers and dealing with submission and all of that. And then you kind of do the same thing again with when you're going to options. I had two different production companies who are interested in the jigsaw man. So you go through this whole thing again of meeting different um, producers and hearing their ideas about your book and it's all very exciting and I just think to myself I prefer being in court like I know what I'm doing with court (laughs) I can navigate court but it's all very exciting and then um it got optioned and then you just wait yeah you just and it's just the waiting so yeah I mean you get paid for it which is the nice things every yeah I just got got some money the other day you can say oh yes I have several novels under option under option yeah and you feel quite special but that's it yeah the option money is it Better or worse than the publishing money? Is is this idea that TV and film oh, money is is like? It will be better if it gets made. Yeah, that's when what I would say. Yeah, when, when it's green lit, it gets you see the money. It's like they give you a little bit of um. It's a bit. It's a deposit. Yeah, here's a deposit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can play around with the deposit a bit, and it's nice. But then when it gets and when they the renew green, it, it's nice because you get a little bit more money. And that's always a surprise. I got mine at Christmas yeah. last time. I was like, oh, so how nice. long does an option last for? What's the longest option before something is made? Generally, you get. Uh, they tend to take out a two-year or maybe a three-year option, yeah. and then they have to renew it after that as well. So mm-hmm. it comes in, again. It comes in stages. You don't get it all, all in yeah. one go um, because it, it can. First of all, they need to hire a screenwriter to adapt it. Then they need to be happy with the script. They're never happy with the script. (laughs) Uh, Then maybe the production company sells it to uh, a TV, a broadcaster, uh, or a streamer generally these days. And then it it becomes developed some more. You attach a showrunner maybe. Uh, It it can drag on for years Mm. and years. But they they option again and they option again and they option again. Julie, kind of... It feels like it's happened really quickly for you. Was that that the case or did it drag on? Um... It, uh, well, first of all, getting optioned, I, uh, my option, uh, original option, was for 18 months. And it's a company called Buccaneer who make um, Marcella with Anna oh. Friel. Um, and they really loved the books and were very, very committed, you know, to, um, to making the series. It was just really finding the right broadcaster for it. So um, I was thrilled because... My option money is actually more than my advance from right, Hachette. So, so for that 18-month period, I'm, thank you very much. That's lovely. You know, we're going to make a TV series. Brilliant. Um, and my publisher, you know, was, was thrilled, but then said, well, lots of books get that option. You know, blah, 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 blah. They didn't think too much of it. Of it. Um, and of course, after the 18 month period, you think, are they going to renew the option? Have they got anywhere with finding a broadcaster or what have you? They did keep me up to date regularly on it all. And then they renewed the option and then they renewed it again. So over a three 18 month period, I got three lots of option money, nice. which yeah. really helped to, you know, yeah, it helped me to fund the peanut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, um, so so that was amazing. But um, and they were they were in talks with ITV, for example. Um, but but they couldn't. It was dragging on really because of the broadcasters, and they went to to somebody else. But finally, they went to a streaming service um, Acorn, who are part of AMC, who made Breaking mm. Bad. And everything. I mean, they had lots of money because it's an American company, 
and then it moved very quickly. They were, you know, on it and they wanted it to, to come out as, as quickly as possible. So from that moment on, six episodes, you know, fantastic. Just brilliant. You know, I, I've now got security and the icing on the cake was when it did well. So they are now going into a second season. And of course, the beauty of that is it boosts your, the sales yeah. of your book. Oh, so yes. then your publisher's happier with you, even mm. though they still don't give me the champagne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get I, you a I bottle would, of champagne. I would just sort of like drop them a note about that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> or I'm going to see Martin later. Let's talk about some of the other ways we might make money. Um, has anyone thought about selling direct because this is something we're seeing certainly indie authors are starting to do it so people like joanna penn she's now got a store she uses shopify to sell direct to customers creed mcdonald i bought a book from his shop he just launched a shopify shop i bought a, a book from him and i got a sign i got a signed copy from him saying what are you doing buy my books and <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know it's that it's that personal touch the thing that amazon can't do has anyone considered that? Is anyone thinking I've, about I've that? I've done odds and, uh, you know, there's, people have just emailed me or, or tweeted me to say, could they get a, and then we've just kind of, not a store, nothing, I'm not tech savvy in any way. Uh, and so I haven't set anything like that up. But, you know, they've sent me a PayPal payment. I can then sign a book and send it out by post. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've done that kind of thing. Um, and actually, you make more money with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Also, so obviously I can get a reduced um, a discount from my publisher, so I get a nice box full, and then you know, if I so if I go and do a talk somewhere, like tonight, like, we give you cash. No, no, that's Martin gets the cash. Oh. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but if I go and do a talk, at, um, I did a talk in uh, a writers' group, and they were it was it was Valentine's Day, and of course I said to everybody they make great presents for romance books, uh, and so all the men came scurrying because they yeah. forgot, and uh, they, I made quite a lot that evening. That was great. So yeah, it can be done, and I know I know writers who if their books go into the works which is like the cheapest they'll be. They'll go and fill their boots with their own books. And really? Like, yeah. Uh, and then you keep them in your cupboard. And then if you're giving them out, you're not uh, losing so when, much money. When mm. the book people went out of business. Yeah. So my wife, Claire, she wrote a series of children's books for young readers about gardening. There were three of them. And the book people, I think, had all the stock. So when they were closing down, she bought them all. So, yeah. you know, so whenever she does events, she's got that stock, which is why you can't get it anywhere else. She's yeah. got all the stock. You know, and you do, you make, you make a, you know, it's, it's kind of all profit. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The main problem I'd have with running my own shop is that I can literally barely organise myself out of bed. So <laughs> I'm, and also I do really like booksellers and bookshops. Smiles winningly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, if I do an event, I always would rather have a bookseller there to right. to do it to kind of sell the books on for me. I think Last I haven't week. done big events like that. That they would come <laughs> yeah. for. This is me and the W. Well, no, it's the WI. <laughs> it's just a small writers group. Yeah, yeah. So no, but no, you're right. To be able to send them to the bookshops is the right thing to do. Yes, but I think if you're doing a talk on a, in a small group, yeah. then. They, they want to they you want time to card readers for about 20 quid. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna do that now. But, um, I was gonna say because you know, like I self published before I got yes. the publishing deal, and it's a lot, it's a lot of work when you're doing when you're self publishing. I think people sometimes forget because they always say the writing bit's the easy bit, but then you have to you have to market the oh, book, yeah. and that's that's the hard work. Yeah. So, the first, mm. like the very first book I wrote and I self published, that's still out there. So, 
That's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. So you still get <laughs> so I still get like the bits of money coming, which is nice. Um, but in terms of direct selling directly, I part of my writing coaching, I created these um these planners. Because you know, I told you before, I'm very much a planner. Like yes. I can't if I pants a book, if I just write it about a plan, I, like I wouldn't be sitting here because I'll still be writing my first book. So I very much have a plan. So I created these planners and I sold those directly. And that's actually quite Brilliant. easy. What's that? Through, through Etsy or I did it on Etsy, but Etsy like take too much money. Um, <laughs> you. But I do it direct from my website and through the yeah. site that I set. Yeah. And once it's up, it's fine to just do their PayPal and all sorts of things. I saw yesterday, Jeevani. Now, Jeevani Chariku, who also writes as Rhoda Baxter, might be watching. Hi, Jeev. Yeah. Um, she, <laughs> she tweeted yesterday, yeah. she started selling T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And if you're a writer, they're brilliant because they got slogans like, Time to Google how to write a novel again. <laughs> and things like that. And all the things that she has said when she starts writing a book. And she was saying on Twitter that she makes more from selling her T-shirts. She makes about £2.50 for each T-shirt she shells on the seashore. <laughs> than she does from any of her books. So yeah. much. Has anyone done Yeah, I'm doing That's a fantastic yeah. idea. Mm. I don't have a business head at all. And with selling your own books, I mean, I've got lots of writer friends who do sell their own books at events and what have you. But I've never done it because my publisher said I can buy stock from them for half price, mm. but then you get charged for the postage and packing. <laughs> I thought by the time this comes through, and the main point that I, I didn't want to do it is because they said it doesn't then count no, doesn't against know. your sales. Oh, yeah. And obviously what I wanted them to do was to keep me on as author I didn't want to be selling like a thousand of their books, mm. half price or whatever, that weren't getting counted. I wanted to them to have mm. the sales, even if it meant me going out and buying the book, <laughs> which I've done. So that would, but, be, that would be Nielsen sales that counts yeah, towards the yeah. charge. It still the, comes off your bottom line. It still yeah, helps you. Yeah. Right I mean, you get the money in your pocket, but I know what you yeah. mean because you want yeah. to see you want to see your yeah. book up in that top fifty. And I didn't think that I'd be getting them that cheap. I mean, obviously the, the you know the, the the book what that people you know that was fantastic because they were. They were so cheap, but and so I've never done it. I've always just thought, well, no, let the, let uh, the bookshops take it, and then it registers, like you say with Nielsen. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that's very complicated too. I think for people to understand. Yeah. That's probably a whole episode. It and is. We have done an episode on <laughs> yeah. Nielsen uh, on the podcast way way back with uh, Sarah Moran, who worked for Nielsen. But that basically the different you know shops like this and independent bookshops and Amazon, you know, those sales go through Nielsen and they count towards uh, the Sunday Times bestsellers. Yeah. Uh, there are some independent shops aren't signed up to it and some retailers aren't signed up to it, so those sales don't count. But um, those are the things that certainly in that first mm. week of publication, you know, I because I look I used to look after Amazon. So if any if Amazon got books early and sold them early, we were like, oh no, the, that 200 copies could have made the difference between you getting in the top 10 and, and not getting in the top 10. So the only ones don't, you know, if I get it three days before publication date, the right, pre-orders okay. count, don't they? Yeah, pre-orders count. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, it's yeah. if they ship it in the previous week. Oh, okay. So if it gets, if if you put, sorry, if you put an embargo on it, Amazon can still dispatch it early so that you get it on day one. Particularly if it's a Tuesday publication. Yeah. Because a lot of American authors are published on Tuesday instead of a Thursday. Um, you have to ensure that they've they don't sign embargoes, but they honour them, and those sales don't register until the week of okay. publication. Uh, why do we publish on Thursdays? Supermarkets, because that is a range change day. Ah. And we all shifted towards a Thursday publication day. So that's why. And in the, in the States, it's a Tuesday. It's a nightmare, because if there's a new Michael Conley out and we want to get him in the top 10, 
we had to make sure all the retailers didn't sell them early, even though we gave them at least mm. 10 days in advance. So anyway, uh, uh, Mr. T, <laughs> any more questions from, from the interwebs? We certainly do. Uh, Proper Nico has asked, is Twitter a reliable platform for promoting your books? And if not, what's your favourite? Right, social oh. media. Okay, Julie, you're, well, you're, you're more of a campaigner on social media, aren't you? I mean, you're... you're yeah, I mean, I, I write books, but I'm also, I also... I probably spend more time campaigning on different issues than I spend writing these days. Um, so I've had to really get to grips with social media and especially Facebook. And obviously what's happened over the years is um, Facebook has reduced your exposure. So whereas, you know, if you had 1,500 followers on Facebook, you'd be reaching them all at one point with a message. They reduced that to around 20 or 30 and uh, because they want you to pay mm-hmm. to promote yeah. your... Yeah. Uh, to promote all your posts and especially if you've got a business page. Um and of course, now Instagram is owned by Facebook, yeah. Meta. Um, so the same thing's happening there. Although I seem to, what I've discovered is if you put up on Instagram footage, it gets a hell of a lot of um, views, like much reels. more than, yeah. yeah so I, like I don't think that they've kind of done that, restricted your reach. Yeah. No, you're real, because I can get, I can I can put a, like a video up on the reels and it will go, it will go mad. You see mm. like 20,000 views and I might just put a, put a little video up on normal Instagram posts and it might get maybe like a hundred yeah. and something. So it, 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 they haven't quite, I still haven't worked out, but it out completely. I mean, I went on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm, I'm on TikTok. I am an enthusiastic TikToker. Um, you know why? Yeah, you've it. I am. It's fine. I'm the fully middle-aged TikToker going for are it. You are you dancing? No, I'm not doing that. I don't do dancing. <laughs> uh, I do, uh, I don't, I just do it for fun because I don't think you can't, you can't really, you know, try and plan to go viral no. on TikTok because nobody understands how it works. So I just do it yeah. essentially to embarrass my 21 year old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it. But it is totally, totally worth it. I, you know, I love social media and I'm, I'm when it first came around, I was sort of sucked fully into the mm. whirlpool of the brilliance of social media and being able to be connected to directly to your readers and directly to other writers was, was absolutely amazing. In the last 10 years, it's so different. It's changed enormously. Just just from a practical point of view, you were saying that you, you just can't reach people yeah. in the yeah. organic way that you used to be able to. But also, um, it's quite scary. And, and quite dark sometimes. Yeah. And um, I think it's a different place now than it used to be. Yeah. I don't know if you can gauge how well it, how useful it is for selling books. It's good for engaging... I said with readers and other writers. Yeah. I've made, made really good friends through Twitter yeah. and Instagram, yeah, yeah, frankly. Absolutely. Other writer friends. So it's really good for those purposes. And I think I'm everywhere. So Twitter, Facebook, well, Instagram and, and mm. TikTok. But I'm very, <laughs> my, it's very straightforward. It's, um, it's book stuff, comic book stuff, football. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> really, I don't get involved in any of the... The madness, he said, all the dramas. Yeah. Rage. Yeah. Yeah. Expression opinion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have no opinion other than I support Crystal Palace and that's all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because the question was about Twitter and I've always considered that Twitter 
is the writers yeah. and I love forum Twitter. really. Twitter um, is great for for networking and for meeting yeah. other mm. people and agents and writers and publishers. But I don't think it it works if you use it as a, a promotional platform in no. a, mm. in a very bold bald-faced way you can't sort of just go buy my book buy oh, my book no. buy my book Instagram and well, what, Instagram what I, and what I do a lot of is I don't have a blog myself but I'm part of a, like a local community news blog that you know we write about everything then anybody can but I'll write articles about events that I've done like my launch mm. event last Thursday put up lots of photographs etc um, partner people you know like the RNLI last Thursday for the, the venue, and then I'll put those out on on Twitter. Yeah. And usually, you know, people you just put please retweet, and they do. Yeah. And I've often found Twitter to be really rewarding because I've met lots of writers. Yeah, yeah. That that's, that's, way, yeah. that's what's nice about Twitter. You get yeah. that flywheel effect. Yeah, yeah. it's like a big old Chinese whispers. You put mm. something up. I mean, I've had it today a lot. You know, put one thing up and it's gone again and again mm. and again. And the RNA they use it as well on a Tuesday. That's you put up your Tuesday news, and then if you put one up, you then uh, retweet everybody else who puts one up. Most people do it. Um, some don't, but um, and then you're you you can get a lot of traction on that. Uh, so yeah. that's a nice thing about Twitter when it's used in that way. And I've absolutely met a lot of people yeah. who, when I meet them now, I think I've known them for ages, and I've actually found out no, I've never met them before. It's <laughs> just actually I know them from Twitter. Yeah. And yeah. I've had some great work opportunities that have yeah. come through Twitter yeah. as well. Amazing message yeah. requests. Yeah. <laughs> that's and and I've go. often, you know, as a crime writer, I've, I've got um, a member of the Crime Writers Association. Always tag them in. You know, I mean, obviously on Twitter as well. You put a, um, oh. an image up and you can tag 10 people in. Yeah. So I'll tag in the, the Crime Writers Association, you know, my publisher, whatever. Just put at the end of it, please retweet. Usually everybody does. So and, that's and 10, it's a great hive mind as well. Yeah. If um, any, I had a, an issue with um, constellations in my new book, and um, I just at the end, you know, when all those when you've been writing happily, not checking any any facts whatsoever, <laughs> and you think, oh, did I ever check? But you can actually have those two stars in the same place at the same time from this place, and so I, I don't even know where to start. So I just put that out on Twitter. I had. Four or five people come with within minutes yeah. saying, this website, just literally put in your postcode and it'll tell you what you can see on this date four years ago. Mm. And, and they were brilliant. And they yeah. just yeah. saved a moment. And I would, where would I have found those people otherwise? Yeah. So I love it's, Twitter it's for a so random so expert. Amazing. Yes. A brilliant. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say yours is so yeah. much nicer. If you're looking at constellations, I'm looking for pathologists and people that, you know, rat boys. Because <laughs> I know they are. <laughs> they're there for you. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, I got a um, train timetable for a Sunday in 1846. <laughs> well, I know what happens to you, you poison someone with rat <laughs> Any questions from the room, folks? Yes. Yeah. What about the negativity side of social media? So if people are criticising something that you may have written or something that you may have done, how do you cope with that? Because I know <laughs> I if scroll. you get a bad review, <laughs> if you get a bad review, it's like... Oh, I'm so bad. I can't. If it's a bad review, you really hope they don't tag you because then you should oh, be able to. You, you heard. Bad reviews. Okay, I can. I, I just. I, I'll just share with you. Go on. Okay, so Instagram, uh, which is my favourite social media platform, generally speaking, and often get tagged in posts about books, which is lovely because they're usually ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Like, love this book, um, and then I got tagged in one um, that said, "Oh God, this book is." 
awful. It uses made-up words, and <laughs> reading it makes me want to bleed from the, my eyes. No. So I. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Day. I, I direct this young person. I didn't. In, I didn't get into a fight. I direct messaged them, and I said, um, "Thanks for reading my book, but you know, you don't. You're not. You don't have to tag me. You know, you have your right to opinion, but you don't have to tag the author yeah. in that review." It's a bit rude, actually. And she was like, "Well." If I didn't tag you, how else would you know? Well, I don't need to know no. because it's not going to make any difference to the way that I write. And she, then she said, "Well," and she got very upset. She says, "Well, I, I think you're being very rude." And I was, and I was like, "So what you're saying is, is you don't like my bad review of your bad review?" <laughs> <laughs> How else would you know? The beatings will continue until the yeah. Yeah. So I just I just think you like on on social media, people because you're on social media, people feel like they have access to you. Because mm. like they have access to you, then you're not gonna mind if I tag you in on a really bad review. But actually, no, I do mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I said loads of times, but I won't read any not that I'm being a diva, but I won't read anything over than a five or four star because I don't need that negativity in my life. Yeah. So if there's anything else on Twitter or as in mainly on Instagram you tend to get tagged in on my view. Yeah. Not necessarily on Twitter. Yeah. So if there's a bad one, like, oh, you know, I really didn't like it, I don't see what the fuss is about. I'm like, well good for you. Keep scrolling. Yeah, I I just scroll on. Uh, my hashtag Mark's Day, there's a town in Ontario called Mark's Day. Um, I know they have regular yoga classes every Tuesday. There's still space available. So I get tagged in the place. But it's when you get emails. I got an email the other day from um, from someone questioning, like, well, I don't think you've used like the correct legal terminology. Here we go. <laughs> Literally, was, was it a baby lawyer? <laughs> no, it wasn't a baby lawyer. It was the other one. It was a police officer. And I was like, at home, normally I wouldn't engage. Yeah. But I was like, let me just tell you. It's like they got a very, very long email. Come on, how dare you? I've been doing this for like 16 years. Like, you've not come for my yeah. legal expertise. <laughs> Generally, I make the choice actually not to read any reviews, yeah. whether yeah. they're good or bad. Mm. Um, because, you know, I, I love reviews. Thank you for reviewing my work. Please keep doing it. Um, but it just does mess with your headspace. Yeah, <laughs> whether yeah. they're good or bad. Especially it just when your Especially when you're, because I'm writing book three now, so the last thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing is looking because so the binding room came out last month yeah last month so the last thing I'm doing is looking spending my time looking through reviews when I've got to deliver a book next week so. I can't help it's like you know when you have a bad tooth and you poke it with your tongue oh, <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah I can't I can't help it but you do it you read them I was on a, a retreat uh, some months ago and Liz Fennick was there and she is so lovely and we were, and I was talking about reviews about the fact I can't read them because they just stoke my imposter syndrome I mean a critic who's a bitch already you know <laughs> she does she loves that stuff and um, I said Liz do you, do you read yours she goes oh yeah every morning with my coffee it's my, oh, my, my wow. morning routine oh, she does she goes through all, no, all of it yeah, and she says yeah. I've learned so much from it a few of us it, are so <laughs> yeah. yeah Doug how are we doing for time half past seven it is half past seven now. <laughs> so that clock is right. Good. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. I guess we ought to start thinking about wrapping things up. Oh, Mr. D, any, any final questions from the ether? We have an aspirational question here. TV series or movie deal? Oh, it's Netflix. Give me Netflix. Oh, no. Netflix. I want Ozark. That's what I want. I want that whole. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. 
Julie, Julie, you kind of TV you know, series yeah. all the way. Excellent. Yeah, okay. you, you, six episodes and another six and another six. <laughs> yeah. And another six. Yeah. I, I, I did a film degree, so I would naturally think cinema, lovely, lovely. But now I'm seeing that you've got more space. There's you've got more time. Mm. You can really get more into. So yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards that. Actually, yeah. 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 Um, I, I would like a TV series, but also I still haven't given up on my 10-year-old ambition to win an Oscar. <laughs> so, so, just We're saying. Working We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Okay, well, I mean, how, how you still got gas in your tank? Do you still want to keep going? Or shall yeah. we this I up? can keep going. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Can I just can, ask a question? Yes, yes, yes. Because yeah. um, do... I know you said you're still working, doing your mm. stuff like that. Is, does anyone else just do it full time? Just yeah, right? I do. Yeah. I have a patron <laughs> in my husband. Um, I'm a mum, first and foremost. Uh, my kids are now getting to the point where they're about to leave home, so I can see within the next year. And the plan was always to get some books published and so I had a foundation and then once they had scattered then mm. I would hit the ground running in theory you know it, I am so much slower at writing than I ever thought I would be so that's not quite panned out quite how but I'm, I'm it's beginning it's there mm. but yeah I couldn't do it without my husband that's supporting me absolutely and I'd say you know having worked in film and tv before publishing I was really shocked you know at at how little authors generally earn and and can be really, you know, well-known and very respected and living on very little and uh, having to make ends meet. And it reminds me a bit of the old days. Remember before payment for MPs? The only people (laughs) that could actually afford to be an MP was somebody with their own income. Uh, And then they decided to pay MPs so that anybody could become an MP. And, of course, now they pay them too much for doing too much. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you're a writer, it, it's almost as if you have to, you know, you're, you're yeah. at, you know if, you ca- if you come from a privileged uh, background and you've yeah. got your own income, yeah. you can, of course, you know, it, it's a wonderful hobby. Yeah. But yeah. for most people, it's re- a real struggle, and for, especially for women, you know, yeah. bringing up small children. I don't know how they do it. And, you know? I mean, I would like to write full-time, but also I like having the option of being able to leave my desk and going to do something different mm. because you know and even if I go so next week when I go and teach a course for three days I'm you know I'm out of my house I'm, and I'm and I'm engaging with people you know during the pandemic I hated it not for the fact that I wasn't able to write but the fact that I didn't have access to people and I couldn't engage with people and I realized I'm it's why I love doing criminal law so much because I love that interaction so I would love to be able to write full-time but I'm happy with just Hybrid thing, yeah. I'm a massive introvert and I don't really like people. So (laughs) I like, that's not true. I like all of you. Um, I I, I love my job. I love not talking to people apart from my family (laughs) and my dogs. And I like sitting on my own writing stories, but it is quite hard to keep doing Mm -hmm. only that. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of blows hot and cold. Yeah. Yeah. You have cycles. Yeah, because I had a very good 2020. Because I had a film shoot and I had that day one of film shooting where I got a lot of money on one day, most money I've ever had. And it was basically two years wages. It was two years ago. Yeah. So, you know, so it was, uh, it was, woo, woo, a bit like, no, let's, let's calm down. Because with the Robot Overlords money, you asked us about celebrations. We went to Disneyland, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blew that money. Um, but, you know, this time we're like, calm down. We need to actually live on this. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it blows hot and cold. Mm-hmm. 
very, very mm. cold at the moment. Very cold. Yeah. And, and, and also, as, as, it. As, <laughs> as you all said too, you know, there is this sort of need for balance. You know, I yeah. mean, I always feel I'm writing better and more productively if I've got two books on the go, you right, know, like yeah. I have now, because you move away from one and you go to the other. Um, but otherwise, you know, you get that displacement tactic of never having such a tidy house as when you've got a deadline. Yeah. And I, I never have a tidy house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, if, if you can create some balance where you can, as you say, yeah. move away from writing to something else, you come back and you can be much more productive, I think. Yeah, because yeah. being freelance works for me on that basis. Yeah. If I was working full time, yeah. like going to court and all that stuff, no. I'd, yeah, it, it would be hard because I've done that and writing a book and that was just... I said in teaching and marking exam mm. papers and yeah, trying to deliver yeah, a yeah. draft and I still don't know how I got through that week in twenty eighteen. Yeah. So it's still burned in my brain. Yeah. February twenty eighteen. Sure. <laughs> I'm yeah. traumatized yeah. from that week. Well yeah. the other thing is that when you're when you're writing full time, you're not just writing because as soon as a book comes yeah, I mean, you finish your book and then you've got all the um copy editing to, yeah. to get through, all the proof editing to get through. There might be cover decisions, all yeah, of that. Like and then you've got to market it too. And then you've got to go and do events. So it is, it, you know, there's a lot to it, yeah. isn't there? And I'm you've got to do something on every social media yeah. platform oh, yeah. every yeah. day. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, this is something that came up on Twitter. I, and I won't name the author, but they it was an author that's, a, I think, a New York Times bestseller. And they said, look, marketing is not our job. Okay, uh, they, they said they, they, they were sent emails from their publisher saying, here are some tips for marketing. And they said, look, it is not our job, you know, uh, but is it? It's in my think, contract. It I is, think it's in my contract. It and is. I think social yeah. media has changed it. Yeah. Before social media, you had no access to people. So it was the publisher's job. But now mm. with social media, when readers can get direct in contact with you and then bookshops can get in touch with you, everyone can get in touch with you. It's now you've now taken on part of that responsibility. And, and, and you talk about the sort of the lead titles that um, yes. that mm. get a lot of mm. the marketing budgets and publishers. And um, if you're not one of those lead titles, then you're not going to uh, be on the yeah. side of a bus. Yeah. And Mark Stay, you gave Hello. me you gave me a wonderful piece of advice Hello. when I, <laughs> when, when, when <laughs> my book came out, and you interviewed me for, for yeah. a, a bestseller experiment. And that was about, and I said, I, I seem to be ignored by the publisher. You know, I'm just new. And and what did you tell me to be? Be the squeaky wheel. The squeaky wheel mm-hmm. with your publisher. Mm-hmm. Don't complain too much, but keep on squeaking all the time. Yeah. I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Give, yeah. Them, give them, just remind them you exist every now yeah. and then. Because uh, they, like I say, they're working across uh, a major, one of the big five, or four, however many are left, will publish 60, 70 books a month. Yeah. So you've got to remind them that, that you, you exist. And I always say, you know, next week, next Thursday, it's another book being yeah. published as another yeah. debut out yeah. there. So, yeah. But also you can give something to this marketing that nobody else can. I mean, mm-hmm. I have been on, um, I've had little films going out in Germany, you know, things that I've made, that yeah. I've sent them. They've asked me uh, bloggers questions that I'm now sending little mm-hmm. films back. Mm-hmm. No one else can do that. And if I just, it's actually in my contract that I have to take, do as much as I feel I can do. Really? It's quite vague, but, you know, it's, it's you know, um, nothing firm, but I, I do have to take part, which is, I think, okay. Because, again, I can do things that no one else 
Mm. It's like if you sell a house, you can sell that house in a way that an estate yeah. agent who doesn't live there can't. And so I think for me, and, and one more chapter have been amazing for this run up for my mm. launch. You know, the things they've done, they've done a 10 day uh, kind of a read along with bloggers where mm-hmm. I then have been part of making those questions. I've then retweeted and I've then answered bloggers and they've had, you know, kind of contact with me that they wouldn't normally have. Um, it's not really been a hardship. They've been lovely. Um, but no one else can do that. I can mm. do that. And I wouldn't want, like, in three weeks' time, if it tanks, to go, well, maybe I could have done something there. Yeah. And, oh, no, that was their department. I wasn't, no, no, that's beyond me to, or below me to do that. But I think, actually, if I spent some time doing that, I'm investing in my own book. Why would mm. I not yeah. do that? It's not actually costing me anything. No, and yeah. I think so, that was one of the things about the pandemic, because you know, the Jigsaw Man came out. February for the last year, last month, it was right in the middle of a right in the middle of a pan- mm. pandemic. So no bookshops were open, so I couldn't go anywhere and promote the book. But then you know online media like Zoom. So the amount of book you know book clubs yeah. I joined yeah. via Zoom, and the amount of cosmic then came out in the states, and I kept forgetting how big the states is and the time difference. So I was up <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning doing book clubs, you know, doing um, in California. <laughs> So it was it was good, you know, having that access to readers and social media in that respect. That's I mean, that's how you market yeah. yourself, also. And yeah. also, I think that uh, that publishers, you know, they've got all the resources if they're big publishers. I, if you're complaining to them about well, why aren't you marketing my book, they'll get fed up with you. But if you actually say, "I've got a great idea," yeah, yeah. how about this? Yes. They'll welcome that. Yeah. You know, yeah. even if it's writing your own press release, yeah. it saves somebody else to it. They can do yeah. a grand, another a grumpier author's uh, <laughs> press release. Mm-hmm. It frees them up, and the same with artwork. You know, yeah. I come up with the ideas for posters or whatever, and they're happy to do it, but. They won't do it unless I come up yeah. with it. You know, did, they're too busy. I did the same. Someone was writing the jigsaw man, and I just went out one morning um, with my phone, posted photographs of scenes in the jigsaw man. So, so where body parts were found, which is like you know, where I live, because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're in real locations. So you know, I took photos of the river, and I posted them um, on Twitter, and publishers marketing got in touch. Oh, can we put together a whole video? Yeah. So you know, all that mm. sort of thing and work. But I still want to be on the side of a bus. I'm just saying that. It's ambition. It's right? not, I want to be on the side. I want to be on the Mr. D had that T Academy on the Academy of Lists and Achievements like Netflix series. Yeah. Side yeah. of the bus. Amazing. Let's go to one last question, I think, from the internet, Mr. D. Absolutely. Yes. Favourite story of your favourite super fan? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if I have a super fan. No. are lovely fans. Rowan's mm. phone's gone quiet. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> What can you share or not? <laughs> I mean, there's been a few. Um, <laughs> I can't really share most of them. I, but I will say that I did an event uh, oh, three or four years ago and um, there was a, a couple in the audience um, and afterwards, after the event, they came uh, very enthusiastic to have their book signed. It was lovely. Um, and th- but then I realised it was the gentleman of the couple that was uh, my reader and um, and he asked someone else to take a photo of if, of me, him, and his wife. And he said, "Nice, I've got a photo of my two favourite women." <laughs> <laughs> it was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything less cringy? <laughs> <laughs> scary. I've got actually, I've got a nice fan. Yeah, I, I, I have a library talk where. Uh, the guy got up and he said he thought it was so lovely now that women had their voices being heard <laughs> and then spoke for the next four minutes. <laughs> 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 
poetry. And they had to stop him and say, should we move on? Yeah. <laughs> I have a super fan. Yay. I have a super fan. I was, as I say, I do a lot of talks and I love doing that. And I was invited to do a talk for a book group in Whitstable in the penthouse flat, this wonderful property that overlooks Tankerton Slopes and the Sea. Just fantastic. I went along that. I mean, it wasn't just a book um, group talk. The hostess, who was actually um, married to the former ambassador of Bulgaria, um, lovely lady, really knew, you know, how to give hospitality, had actually made a whole buffet lunch um, just like Pearl, my private detective oh. in, in the in the books, who also has a seafood <laughs> restaurant called the Whitstable Pearl. There were oysters, there was everything there. Uh, the most fantastic day. And ever since then, she now um, is a volunteer for, for um, Swalecliff Library. Oh, right. So I've done numerous events there with her and we've done all sorts of things. Um, and she recently contacted me and said, I'm coming to your book launch, that was last Thursday. But she also contacted me straight away and said, I've just got tickets for your Waterstones talk because oh. I am your super fan. And she oh. said, if anybody knows, if anybody um, if anybody could do Julie Walsmer as a mastermind subject, it's me. Oh. And she's here this evening. I think we're going to wind up this section uh, of, of the evening. We're going to have a yeah. signing. I'll talk about the signing and stuff in a second. Uh, I need to thank everyone uh, for coming tonight. Everyone online. Everyone wave online. Hello, online. Thank you for watching. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for all your questions. Mr. D, thank you for sitting there so patiently. Oh, thank you, all, and thank you to our amazing guests. It's been absolutely brilliant. What you don't know is just out of shot of this window, there are two bears. <laughs> Noses pressed against the window, licking their lips. They're going, looks a bit gristly, but it'll do. <laughs> so there's great risk there. So thank you, Mr. D. Thanks to uh, Doug and Kai and Emily for all the technical stuff. the number of cables this is this involved and big thanks to martin and the staff at waterstones for hosting us and again thank you to all of you so we're gonna have now look there are cakes my wife i made my wife make cakes <laughs> if i go home with any i'm in trouble yes, so, and there is enough <laughs> good. and and look at this vanilla Oh, Haribo! Branded Haribo. Okay. So, uh, yeah, none of your supermarket own brands. So take, take those as well. So we're gonna have, we're gonna be signing books here, and you can ask more questions uh, of our authors there. But let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Mr. D. Thank you to everyone. Oh yes. Oh, and the books are. Buy one, get one, half price. Bog hop. That's the oh, yeah, So buy at least two. I didn't so, know it was called bog hop. Yeah, bog hop. So, uh, yes, so a big thank you to everyone. And uh, see you next time. Happy writing. Yeah.